The WTF meets in Davos this week, where the world's elites are freaking out once again. Field Marshal Schwab and little Alex Soros on the return of Donald Trump. Plus, witches spit spells in Davos, <laughs> Tesla's freeze in Chicago, and Francis is all in with Tedros Who and Disease X. Another bishop calls out Team Francis, and his defense of Christian morality brings down the house at the United Nations. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I am Michael Matt. This is the Remnant Underground. Very chilly up here in Minnesota. Finally, winter has arrived, but not nearly as cold here in the great frozen north as it is in Davos, Switzerland, which is buried in snow just in time for the World Economic Forum's big powwow over there. And of course, the fact that it's buried in snow only proves that climate change is real, of course, as you can see from the headline there. Now, the interesting thing is, and I think this makes perfect sense, last year uh, in Davos there was no snow at all, which, of course, according to the media, only proved that climate change is real. A snowless Davos tells the world's elite all they need to know. The world's elite. Let's just think about that for a second, shall we? <laughs> it's all sort of predicated on this idea of equity and inclusion. However, the spotlight is once again on the hypocrisy of political and business leaders who are arriving at the resort in private jets. We're rich. We're elite. We have it all. And you can't have it. At the moment, the world's elite, they're having themselves quite a grand old time in Davos, evidently, reportedly, with plenty of cocaine, caviar, and champagne at secret bunga bunga parties behind the scenes of the world economic form. You just can't make it up. And meanwhile, down here in Crapville, USA. Oh, we got a bunch of dead robots out here. Dead robots. <laughs> dead Teslas packed the parking lot at this Tesla supercharging station in Oak Brook, a scene mirrored at other supercharging stations around the Chicago area. Man, this is crazy. It's, it's, it's a disaster. Seriously. With temperatures falling into the negative double digits, these charging ports have stopped charging, leaving many Tesla owners stranded here in long lines since Sunday. Nothing, no juice, it's still on zero percent, and this is like three hours this morning being out here, after being out here eight hours yesterday. Has it been charging? No, not at all. It just isn't working? At all. It's just frozen, and so I'm now getting it towed to the um, Tesla service center because that's my only option. <laughs> You know what we need to do? We need to get ourselves one of those Teslas. Oh, definitely. Sign up right now. Up here, that would be fantastic, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> Maybe we could tow it around with a snowmobile when it doesn't charge or something. Can't make it up. Can't make it up. <laughs> and what's the answer to all this? Shut up, peasant! You're saving the planet! Why is everything so damn expensive? Four years ago, my rent was $1,200 a month at a luxury apartment complex. It is now $2,100, not even including utilities. I went to the grocery store yesterday, right? And got three bags of chips, some ground turkey, and some vegetables. And it was $67! What? You will own nothing and you will be happy. What? Nobody wants this. So we're going to 
We're going to delve into Davos tonight. More on the lunatics from Davos here in a moment. But first, a word from our very sane sponsor. Charity Mobile is America's pro-life phone company. Has been for a long time. 30 years in the business of helping the unborn. And again, when you sign up with them, 5% of your monthly plan price goes to the pro-life, pro-family charity of your choice, including, by the way, the Remnant Foundation is on their list. You can donate to us. So if you make the switch right now, you're going to, for a limited time, new customers who mention the offer code REMNANTTV get a free phone, free activation, plus free shipping. There are no contracts, so call Charity Mobile today at 1-877-474-3662 or chat with them online at charitymobile.com. So evidently now... Good news. Klaus Schwab is still alive. I wasn't sure, but he is, he is still alive. And I don't know if his cell phone has been surgically fused to his brain or, or, or not. Uh, I'm not sure yet. But this week, over at the WEF, the field marshal was really focusing in on what he says is the number one threat in the world today. Is it climate change? No, not anymore. Not for the moment. Fake news is sick. Biggest risk which we face at the moment, because it can have enormous consequences for elections. It can change the context inside which we are living in the wrong way. What are you, uh, what are you so afraid of, there, Clousy boy? Really worried about there's all your power and money and influence. You're afraid of fake news. I can see you're working on your tan for your big event, so I'm glad that you're having a nice time over there. But I wonder if you're worried about the U.S. election again, like you were last time. Are you worried about Donald Trump? Of course, I'm worried exactly for the fact that it may be very much influenced by fake news. When we talk about things in the United States, like, you know, like um, checks and balances, which aren't written anywhere, but are customs. And one man, Donald Trump, literally came in and just took that, you know, took that, took that all away. Um, you know, so, um, you know, so, um, you know, got to, you got to rein in that fake news before the election, because if Donald Trump comes back, <laughs> now the lunatics, believe it or not, I'm kind of tracking that this week. Um, lunatics of Davos has spent a lot of time, uh, really worried and warning against fake news. And I like to think that maybe we made the cut. I sure hope so. I sure hope so. After our our original Davos video racked up 30 million views and counting and woke up a lot of people a couple years back. I consider the Trump administration a danger to the world that will disappear in 2020. What if I told you that Bill Gates, Greta Thunberg, Al Gore, George Soros, Prince Charles, and Cardinal Turkson we're meeting in the mountains to plot a global new order to be established on the back of the COVID pandemic. An outrageous movie plot? Or is it absolutely true? Donald Trump and the Davos connection tonight. So this is the, the fake news that they're talking about. And again, it's just a really interesting development that this year, with all of their power and all their might and all their influence and all their money and everything else, they have listed fake news as the number one problem, even eclipsing climate change. The WEF has upped the ante, releasing a report that lists misinformation and disinformation as the number one short-term risk facing the world, beating out interstate armed conflict, climate change, and lack of economic opportunity. 
Now, as I said last time, it's very important that we prepare for this because when they're, when they're as upset as they are over quote-unquote fake news, we need to have alternative sources of news. Make sure you subscribe to The Remnant. Make sure you check out our, our website every day. Support, uh, support that because they're coming after us, obviously. And they've got a lot of problems. I don't know why they're whining about fake news when bad news has certainly gotten over the wall in Davos this week at the Bunga Bunga party. Take, for example, the president of Argentina. Today I am present to inform you that the Western world is facing a significant threat. It is in danger because those who are supposed to defend the values of the Western world are co-opted by a worldview that inevitably leads to socialism and consequently to poverty and economic deprivation. Unfortunately, in recent decades, motivated by some well-intentioned desires to help others and others by the desire to belong to a privileged caste, the main leaders of the Western world have abandoned the model of freedom for different versions of what we call collectivism. We are here to tell you that collectivist experiments are never the solution to the problems that afflict the citizens of the world, but rather they are their cause. And it wasn't just uh, the president of Argentina in an apparent bid to bolster their sagging reputation as a bunch of, well, overfed world elite ideologues with no discernible connection to the, to the real world or real world people. They actually invited a conservative or two I'm not sure they're going to do that again because this year, well, that didn't end well. The kind of person who will come into the next conservative administration is going to be governed by one principle, and that is destroying the grasp that political elites and unelected technocrats have over the average person. And if I may, I will be candid and say that the agenda that every single member of the administration needs to have is to compile a list of everything that's ever been proposed at the World Economic Forum and object <laughs> all of them wholesale. Wow, I mean, there are a lot of people now who are fed up. You know, we have this situation with the farmers in the Netherlands, in Germany, in France. Well, you know, it's massive breaking news and, and, and what's actually happening in Germany is incredible. Farmers are fighting back against these globalists, you know. They've been under attack for some time with carbon, net zero and all of the utter nonsense that's going on. And really, the farmers have had enough. Farmers in France, farmers in Romania and, of course, hundreds of thousands of people are joining these protests in Germany right now. Meanwhile, back at the ranch. World leaders gathering in Davos, Switzerland this week are going to discuss disease X, a hypothetical virus 20 times deadlier than COVID-19. 20 times deadlier than COVID-19. <sighs> Boy, that escalated quickly. I mean, that really got out of hand fast. It jumped up a notch. It did, didn't it? What is disease X? Well, disease X is whatever the lunatics of Davos say it is. You know, the first that came was uh, in the disease X is, is COVID. So we have experience now, <clears throat> and we are preparing based on that experience. A lot of assessment has been done by independent panels and, 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 and experts. And based on the recommendation, many uh, initiatives have, we have already started many we initiatives. Started. And then the other key in order to have better prepared and to address the disease X is the pandemic agreement. We are here today because we are all concerned by the World Health Organization's strong pressure 
to extend its powers, its structural and its financial capacities with a permanent effect over the sovereignty of the countries and over the self-determination of the people. It was in the wake of the COVID-19 crisis that the WHO has initiated a reform process which will bring significant changes to all of us that will concern every human being and every of the 194 member states on this planet. The pandemic agreement can bring all the experience, all the challenges that we have faced and all the solutions into one. And that agreement can help us to prepare for the future in, in a better way. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. No fake news there, disease X. I mean, mask up, vax up, here it comes. So says Dr. Tedros, whoever this clown is. But he's also another big fan, of course, of Pope Happy over here. <laughs> Last week, we discussed the World Health Organization's Pandemic Preparedness Treaty, right? Which is to detonate in May, thus stripping, if it passes, stripping out all of our country's uh, national sovereignty and making us subject to Dr. Tedros and the WHO. There is no mechanism foreseen that will allow the people or the member states to challenge the assessment of WHO, whether it is the WHO's assessment about a public health emergency or their assessment with respect to certain measures or when it comes to the imposing of a regime for what they call vaccination, as experimental as it might be. And it turns out, as I predicted, Pope Francis is all in with that treaty. Here he is with Tedros in a private Vatican audience again. Man, he hands out those private audiences to just about anybody, as long as you're not a traditional Catholic. And of course, immediately, Tedros tweeted out that he and Francis, he and his buddy Francis, agree that it's time to implement the Treaty of Pandemic Preparedness. After all, Disease X is right around the corner. Now, I guess, I guess this makes sense, given the bang-up job that Tedros did, the Tedros and his who did the last time around with COVID. So, do you remember that we were told that the way out of this pandemic was to get everyone vaccinated? That was what was going to keep us safe. You know, that's what the vaccine is for. It's to stop the pandemic. Vaccinations are our armor. They help keep us safe. We need more people fully vaccinated across more suburbs and more age groups. As we do that, we will be in a better position to safely lift those restrictions that are the hardest to live with. Oh, man, just that woman's voice the lady with the teeth down in New Zealand. But the thing is, what was she doing? She was just taking orders from Tedros, which evidently is why Francis naturally donated your tithing dollars, the money that you put in the plate in the basket on, on Sunday. Uh, the Vatican was donating that to the World Health Organization. So let's review. While the World Health Organization was locking down the world and spreading the holy word about things like social distancing, masks, and vaccine effectiveness, all of which now have been basically debunked as unscientific, while that was happening, your holy father was giving money to keep this criminal going. How you doing? 
I would love to talk to you, doctor. Do, do you apologize for what you did during COVID? And should people have to go through disease X with you now that you say it's 10 times worse? Sir, it's a simple question. Do you condemn public health interventions like lockdowns and vaccine mandates? The slogan Are you going to apologize for getting everything wrong from mask mandates to vaccine mandates? The Davos WEF cabal is being fully exposed and they're pretty much all the way out of the closet. So the next question is, what are they going to do? But everyone knows who they all are now. And that's what presents sort of an interesting opportunity for us, who they all are, including their connection now to pedophiles. It's all out in the open. Do you know Bill Gates better than Melinda does? I mean, she was disgusted with him. She literally divorced him because he wouldn't stop hanging out with that pedophile Jeffrey Epstein. Yet you have been loyal to him throughout. Isn't that weird? <laughs> Isn't that weird? Oh, man, it's a great question. But here he is once again this year addressing the World Economic Forum. Well, there's no doubt uh, we find ourselves at a juncture where the demand for resources exceeds the resources available. You know, the needs coming out of Ukraine, the Middle East, climate mitigation, climate adaptation, you know, so many things. Are you checking this out? What's he doing? What's happening? What is happening here? I'm not sure how many, how many boosters the guy has gotten, but what's wrong with him? Shaking? He looks very sickly. <laughs> looks like... He looks like Joe Cocker. He's like doing a Joe Cocker impression or something without without the music. Remember when, I think it was, uh, you wouldn't remember this, but uh, I think it was John Belushi used to do a Joe Cocker uh, impression on SNL. It was looked a lot like that, kind of shaking and dancing around for no, no apparent reason. I hope you're okay, Bill. I really do. Uh, maybe this guy is possessed. He kind of looks like he might be. I'm not sure. After all now, they did bring an actual witch into Davos this year. Can you imagine if this was a Catholic priest they brought in or something? What are we looking at here? This is absolutely insane. And then, of course, you know, they're talking about COVID and all the disease X's that are coming. And here, this, this poor creature is blowing on everybody's face and kind of coughing in their hair and nobody's wearing a mask. And it's okay. No problem. There's some sort of a spiritual component to this, evidently. Now, in the scripture, of course, we, we, we know from St. Paul that the heathens sacrificed to the devils, not to God. And I would not, says St. Paul, that you should be made partakers with devils. So I don't. I don't want to get too uh, hyperbolic here, but what 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 are we looking at? I mean, to me, it looks like in Davos this week, that's exactly what we're looking at: partakers with devils, right? I, I, I don't. I don't know how else you explain what's going on here. <laughs> to say nothing of the fact that, of course, Christianity is mocked. And, you know, it's fine to have this 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 gal doing whatever she's doing. It's fair to say, and at least potentially, it could be demonic. Do I exaggerate? I, I, I don't think so. In fact, in his January 17th post on X, Father Jesus Silva Casignani of the Archdiocese of Madrid, Spain, tweets out a couple of interesting questions. 
He says, do we know which spirits the lady is invoking? He says, Christianity is obscurantist, but the heart-ripping indigenous were not. And he says, what spirit governs Davos? Fair, fair question, isn't it? Davos is in Switzerland. And according to the son of the co-founder of WEF, there's a lot of evil going on right now in Switzerland. Geneva looks beautiful. It is beautiful. It has a lake. It has this shadow. It's very peaceful. But there is a dark side to it. Everything evil in the world related to demo side, unfortunately, comes from Geneva. You have WHO in Geneva. You have Gavi. Then you have the VEF, the World Economic Forum, which my father was a co-founder and left Paul Schwab out of disgust in the early 80s, that has diplomatic immunity. I, as a Swiss citizen, right here now, declare that the VEF is not eligible anymore for diplomatic immunity. I call on the Swiss authorities and security to arrest those people immediately. He used the word evil. That's not my word, that's his word. And of course, you remember a few years ago what, what happened at the opening of that Guttard base tunnel, the world's longest railway and deepest traffic tunnel now, uh, which cuts right through the Swiss Alps. Now, the 2016 opening of that tunnel was so overtly satanic that even the BBC found itself at a loss for words. And we did a show on this at the time, but now it's all becoming very interesting <laughs> connected to what's, what's going on more recently. I mean, most of this video is far too obscene for this show. I will not insult you by showing much of it, but you'll remember this. This is when the world's elite, once again, lined up, you know, with their cell phones to catch the opening ceremony that included all sorts of very strange things that are still, to this day, not, not really explained. Nobody is sure what was going on there. We had plenty of mostly naked dancers, including topless women, uh, plenty of gay and lesbian simulated sex dancing going on, right, in front of the world's elite. Some sort of a dancing horned devil running around making sounds that sounded fairly consistent with a what, what, a, what a demonic entity would, would make, the sounds that he would make. What's going on here? What's really going on here? And then in the next part of this bizarre performance, we're treated to what to me looks like mock, a mock image of the Lamb of God being processed again over the head and shoulders of the, of the bearer in front of the world, world's elite for some reason. And of course, before this thing was over, there's a Pope character who's blessing the whole satanic orgy. It wasn't long after that that you had Pachamama idols, right? being processed into the Holy of Holies, the Basilica of St. Peter's in Rome. Now, I was at the press conference. Those of you who want to say, well, that represented Mary and Elizabeth and blah. No, 
I was sitting in a stampa in the press office in the Vatican when somebody said, what is the Pachamama statue? What is it? And the guy who was answering on behalf of the Holy See said, it depends on how you want to interpret it. Some people interpret it as Pachamama. Some people interpret it as a, a, a Virgin Mary thing. We're not sure. He basically said, yeah, I'm not sure, whatever. You know, and then again, the ongoing satanic, the human blood sacrifice of millions and millions of unborn babies that doesn't seem to be stopped. It's insatiable. Now we're moved on to transsexualism, hacking up little kids. You got the whole Epstein-style abuse and sexual abuse of kids, children, right? Klaus Schwab is over there talking about transhumanism, right? And now you got witches at Davos. And we're not supposed to make any big deal out of that. And did I mention that once again, Pope Francis sent his buddy Cardinal Peter Turkson back to Davos to read his message, the Pope's personal message of, pra <laughs> of praise for Klaus Schwab and the WAF. This is just a couple days ago. What? Now, Francis, in that message, friends, once again, does not mention Jesus Christ. It's not one word about Jesus Christ. It's not one word about the role of Christianity, perhaps, just maybe, in shaping the future of our world, which is now at war with God and nature, doesn't mention Christianity at all. Just congratulated them heartily, said they play a major role in the future of the planet, and suggested that globalism's development needs a bit of a moral compass. And we've got to make sure we try to... Whose moral compass, Francis? What does that even mean? You know, this was, this, <laughs> this was like a day or two before... Francis expressed his hope on Italian TV that hell is empty. And you all know what that means, right? I mean, this is the guy who supposedly consecrated Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary at the, be at the behest of Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Fatima who showed the children, the seers of Fatima, showed them a vision of hell, which terrified little Jacinta and Francisco and Lucia because it was teeming with the damned, souls of the damned, in hell. So Francis, if he believes in Fatima, why would he be saying, well, gee, I sure hope that hell is empty. You see, problems like that, scriptural basis for hell, right? That he's just ignoring, alienated, totally alienated our, our Protestant brethren with that ridiculous statement. But probably more importantly, when he said this on Italian TV, you can look it up and watch it, when he says he hopes that no one's in hell, the applause that he received was truly demonic and really said something about what's actually going on here. So the Pope's planers, the big microphones guys on YouTube, they're going to parse that and say, well, no, the church has never said anyone's in hell, blah, blah, blah. And of course, see, that debate's been going, going on for, for a long time. But what you have here is Francis winking and nodding once again to the entire world, a world which is lost, a world which is turned against God, a world which is in a perpetual orgy now, that's completely out of control. And he says, you know, gee, I sure hope the hell is empty. Probably, probably is. That's a fairly you know, reasonable thing to hope, right? And that's where, friends, that's where the truly demonic essence of what this man does, that's where it really comes to the fore. All the poor lost people of the world, they're just you know, having drinks at a bar, whatever they're doing, and they look at a TV and there's, oh, Pope says he hopes hell is empty. What? Well, all the more so they're going to say, well, what, why would I bother reforming my life then? You see where, you see where we're at, friends? There, there's no 
There's no defending this anymore. You cannot defend this anymore. And the only way out of this, for all of us, this, what is this? This is obviously a war between good and evil, between Christ and Antichrist, God and Satan, right? The only way out of this is for good people to start believing again, to become good again. And by that, I mean to become Christian again. Christianity is your only hope. You realize that, right? It's your only hope. Not Donald Trump, not politics. Those may provide a little time, as we said four years ago, buy a little time for the good people to try to find God again. I'm all for it. I'm going to vote, you know, for the guy who's going to do that, hopefully. But that's not your answer. Christianity is the answer. The social kingship of Jesus Christ is your answer. And that's why it's important to look at what's going on. Witches in Davos to say, man, they certainly believe in it. <laughs> they got their religion. <laughs> Do we still have ours? Now, conservative bishops say they will boycott the Vatican's decision to allow the blessing of same-sex couples, with Pope Francis saying he feels lonely and isolated since he made the announcement. Rocco, maybe if the Pope read his Bible, he'd understand <laughs> where these true bishops are coming from. Scripture is scathingly clear on this issue. I know what that is. You know what that is. We all know what it is. Anyone with a modicum of understanding of Bible, Scripture, natural law, knows exactly what this is. Whether you're Catholic, non-Catholic, Protestant, even Jewish folks are out there looking at Francis and saying, oh my gosh. Pope Francis and his leadership has said it's about inclusion and progressing. It's about being loving. No, it's not about inclusion or loving. We are to love and reach out with the love of God to everyone. But this is something else. What is it? I'll tell you what it is in one word. The word appears in the Bible. It's called apostasy. That comes from a, from a Jewish commentator who can see it. Can you, can, you, can you give me one good reason why any faithful Catholic wouldn't be saying the same thing right now? He's right. It's apostasy. Now, Francis could convert. We pray for his conversion every day, don't we? He might come back. Wouldn't that be a massive victory if he became fully Catholic again? If he moved away from his apostasy, that could happen. It's happened in the past in the history of the papacy. But we can't be in denial anymore. That's what this is. We cannot be silent any longer. Silence in the face of evil is evil itself. So writes the German anti-Nazi Lutheran pastor, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. He says, God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. He's Lutheran, but I agree with him. He's absolutely right. And that was then. Think of the difference. Think of what we're seeing today. I'm starting to wonder if there's something in the water at the Vatican since the Pope's new head of doctrine, Cardinal Victor Manuel Fernandez, has just been controversially appointed. He wrote a sex book in the late 90s called Mystical Passion, Spirituality and Sensuality, which some commentators have called perverse. What is going on with this papacy? Isn't this guy like a captain's pick by the Pope? 
Look, uh, I can only go back to what the late Cardinal Pell said about this papacy, that it's catastrophic. Uh, and uh, we've just seen that being borne out over the last 11 years. Uh, the, the Vatican at the moment, and the Pope in particular, doesn't seem to be focused on the church's mission, uh, which is go make disciples of all nations, baptising them in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Um, when the church tries to marry the spirit of the age, it will become a widow in the next. Bishop Athanasius Schneider has composed a prayer praying for God to send us the popes that the whole world needs to get out of this. It's the only way out. There are more and more prelates every day coming forward, thanks be to God. And two more, in fact, two more prelates that our Pope's plainer friends, are, I guess, are going to have to crucify as red trads once again. And as we look at the next, at the two examples here, we would ask people who are still defending what's going on, how many more good bishops are you going to throw under the bus? You're going to, be, you're going to end up with McElroy and Supich as like the only bishops that you're going to support <laughs> before long if you keep this up. Because this week we're talking about Francis Cardinal Lorenz, former prefect of the Congregation for Divine Worship under John Paul II and Benedict XVI, a considerable man, right? And look what he's saying. Look what he's saying. The church does not have the power to bless homosexual couples. You're going to do with him? Throw him out? Oh, it says couples. Well, he doesn't say. Yes, it does say couples in fiducia supplicans. Look it up. In Italian, it says couples. <laughs> and that's exactly what Father Jimmy Martin is out there doing right now. And they're talking about doing this in the Vatican, in St. Peter's. Knock it off. Stop with this. It's crazy that anyone purporting to be a Catholic would continue to defend this. The second rad trad bishop of the week, <laughs> this Dutch bishop, Rob Massertz, Massertz, who sums things up quite nicely in his article, his recent article, which just came out two days ago. I put the link down here, I want you to read it. But he sums up the article by saying, quote, is the Pope Catholic? Was recently a rhetorical question. Nowadays, it's an actual question. What to do, says His Excellency. This pontificate will naturally come to an end. Is he the valid pope? Yes. Should we obey him? No. If you want to know what the pope should be doing right now. Hello and welcome to the African News Network. As Africans, the role of the family is cardinal to our society and its well-being. To reinforce this, Article 18 of the African Charter recognizes the family as society's natural unit and basic and basis. It, it imposes a responsibility on member states in the African Union to protect the physical health and morals of the family. Yes, it said morals of the family. It declares the family as the custodian of morals and traditional values recognized by the community. Ladies and gentlemen here in gathered at the UN headquarters in New York, the family must remain respected and recognized as the union between natural born men and women of full age who have the right and responsibility to determine by their beliefs and in conformity with the generality of their community the details of the religious and moral education of their children in a manner that respects communal norms of public safety, public order, public health, public morality and the fundamental rights and freedoms of the majority of their community. Did you feel that? Did you feel how that truth resonates in your heart and in your soul and your mind? That's the truth. It's not radical. It's not hateful. It's not homophobic. That's Catholic truth. That's the truth of the Bible. 
That's the truth of natural law. So this, this gentleman, with the courage to speak out, he's clearly more Catholic than the Pope. I'm sorry, clearly more Catholic than Pope Francis. Francis comes out and says, yeah, well, you know, the new declaration, uh, I guess the African culture, the people weren't ready for it culturally, as though that's a good excuse. That's not a good excuse. That's a terrible excuse. He's a pope. He's supposed to be the father, papa, right? The pope. And he's alienating all these beautiful people in Africa with the large families who culturally, religiously, spiritually, morally are horrified and scandalized by what he's done. And he thinks it's an excuse to say, well, yeah, culturally, they're not ready for it. Just give them a little time. They'll come around. We gotta make sure they don't come around, that they never come around, that they all remain traditional Catholics on the moral questions for as long as this nightmare goes on. Because friends, as I see it, and we'll definitely close on this, if we fail, if we fail to speak out against these demonic enemies of the cross right now, the very stones, our Lord tells us, will cry out, right? So we have no intention of waiting for the stones to cry out for us. We have to do it now. We have to do whatever we possibly can. I mean, history and our children, they have to be able to say of all of us, every one of us, they have to be able to say of us that in this time, this moment, when God put us here for a reason, not always easy to see what that reason is, but I think one of the big reasons God put us here is so that we could be witnesses, do our best to be lights in the darkness. And the darkness now is truly profound and it's enveloped the entire the entire world. So they have to be able to say of some of the Catholics, let's hope and pray that we're counted among the good remnant of believers of Christendom, that they did, they, we, did all that we possibly could, that they kept the faith, that they stayed in the church and they fought and they refused to be silent. God help us friends, this we must do because this is war.